It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Seriously, more hornswoggling of the introduction because I don't want to sit there and pretend like we're doing some kind of cutesy couples phone message thing where I'm Scott, I'm Heather. Well, that'd be dumb. That. Well, you're doing that here. No. Oh, I, I disagree. I don't disagree. Thanks for joining us for minute 136 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. And my apologies to the audience for listening to that crazy introduction that's been happening as she's just pirating her way through the end of this movie, I should say, with my introductions. Accept your apology. There's no. Oh, no. Accepting apologies should be coming my way by the boatload. You wish. Caitlin gave us a shout and figured out the answer to the question we were wondering about the other day. It was in episode 134 when we were going through the list of 39 thoughts after rewatching Curse of the Black Pearl. There was one that was on the list about Will hiding something and then it goes, Someone's going to find that later, Will. They'll know. They always know. And we were sitting there going, what the hell are they talking about? The medallion? What is it? Well, how inept are we that we couldn't even remember that freaking candlestick that Will... Broke oh. off that, that candle sconce in Governor Swan's mansion in the beginning in the of the movie. Then he hides it, yep, in the umbrella. Holder. Holder. Canister. Container. <laughs> whatever the hell that is. But yeah, seriously. Totally we dropped that. the ball on that. Yeah. We completely dropped the ball. We're supposed to be professionals. That's right. Well, one of us is. I accept and your apology again. All thanks to Caitlin, because she came to our rescue and reminded us of that scene from all those months ago. Thank you, Caitlin. When we first talked about it. So yeah, thanks, Caitlin. And yeah, this episode is dropping a little bit later than usual, but it's for a good reason. We rescued four domestic ducks that were abandoned the other night, so it put us behind schedule. These poor little ducks are unequipped to handle the wild, and someone just dropped them off at a nearby saltwater wetlands. They were frightened, coming up to people. They were walking the trails. And then these ducks decided to try and make their way home by heading to the parking lot. And then they were going to be going out to the busy street. They were sticking together like glue. And we're not sure really how long they were out there. But they were really friendly. And we were able to scoop them up and then set them up temporarily with food and water. And they were solidly drinking for like 10 minutes and just wetting their faces and cleaning out their nostrils. Because yeah. that's kind of important for ducks to do as water birds. Yes. And I made arrangements to get them to another nonprofit that knows someone looking to adopt ducks. So good news in the end. But just kind of ate up some of our evening time there. And then yeah. having to make sure that these little guys were, well, they weren't actually really little. No, they were, little they were pretty us, big. But, but yeah, that they were taken care of and that they'd find a home. So in reality, though, it's just a normal occurrence for us because we do do a lot of rescues. And it's a little insight into my day job with Urban Bird Foundation. So you can check us out at urbanbird.org. Most of our work is with burrowing owls and habitat, but we are involved in all kinds of projects. And, and just in general, we're like rescue people. We seem to spot animals in need yeah. like on a regular basis. So it's no shock that 
It's like we're magnets or yeah, something. Yeah, they know who to go to. They're like, oh my God, you're going to get some free food and shelter if you go talk to these people. So that's what happened. But enough about ducks. We're here for pirate action. <laughs> I mean, you could almost be on par with Bob Badami. With your music supervisor, Thank your you. your sound wrangling skills. Thank you very much. In the previous minute, John Knoll manages to Photoshop his way into the credits. Klaus Bedelt emerges from the shadows, makes a grand entrance, and peeks around the juggernaut that is Hans Zimmer. While weakened at Bernie's stand-in, Bob Badami tries to convince us that Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy are not pulling his strings. On the acting front, we stroke the egos of the headliners and main cast, but in a surprising upset and true pirate maneuver... The men behind Pentel and Rigetti take a back seat to a couple of characters that embrace the silence, Kohler and Cotton. Now those pirates have some good agents. <laughs> Minute 136 begins with triple credits going to Trevor Goddard, Isaac C. Singleton Jr., and Bry Cooper. Which transitions to Walt Disney Pictures Presents, fading into, in association with Jerry Bruckheimer Films. The minute ends with the actual rolling credits, the credit crawl, of the cast starring Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow. And I was always wondering who that was. Yeah, me too. I'm glad we finally get to see who that was. And ends with Barbosa, double utility stunt Thomas DuPont. Now that's an exciting minute. That it is. If you ever wanted a swashbuckler of a minute, that was it. So in the billing credits, Treva Etienne, I think that's how it's pronounced, is above David Bailey on a double credit, which comes directly after... No, I can't remember who it comes after. Shoot. That's what happens when you don't do that. Maybe it was Jonathan Price. But it does come before Pintel and Rigetti's Lee and McKenzie, which is weird. Yet on the rolling credits, Lee and McKenzie come right after Jonathan Price, while David is down the list after Mulroy and Murtaugh, and even further down is Kohler, Treva. But things get even weirder because Kevin McNally, and he's our Gibbs, is after all the main characters as well as Pintel, Rigetti, Gillette, Murtaugh, Mulroy, Cotton, Twig, and Boson. How'd that happen? I have no idea. That's weird. Gibbs. I mean, he's Gibbs. Need I say more? Gibbs. Yeah, that's He's strange. our pirate man. Well, uh... He's way down on the list there. Yeah, but he was in the beginning. Yeah, the minutes, billing, but still. And then he missed a whole huge chunk of the movie. But this is why I don't think that it's necessarily based on... Because this isn't... The credits aren't based on alphabetical order or appearance here. This is based on whatever negotiations yeah. happened. Must have been. Because seriously, what the hell is he doing way down there? I don't know. But I have to say Young Will's... Must have been a better negotiator than young Elizabeth. Why? Because she appeared he after appeared he did? He appeared first, yeah. Yeah, so what's with that? Because young Elizabeth, Lucinda Dreisick, actually had speaking parts, multiple speaking parts. Yeah. Not only that, she sang, and then she comes back to play an extra after the Port Royal siege, and she's sweeping away. Just, yeah. Well, it was a lackluster sweep effort, so maybe <laughs> that's why they demoted her. They're looking at her like, you did not sell that sweeping. <laughs> You're down a notch. You're under Will now. But yeah, unconscious Will lays there, gets something stolen from him, says his name is Will. (laughs) Kind of deal. Yeah. And he appears above her. That's just blasphemy. Seriously, though, but Gibbs. Gibbs, man. Yeah, I don't get Gibbs. I mean, he's on the billing, so he's right there. So people know, yeah, Kevin McNally. On the rolling credits, the crawl. Eh, drop him down. That's just... We already figured, featured his name in the billing, so... Yeah, I, It's I don't okay, know. We're, it doesn't matter. It's weird how that works. Yeah. It's, that's got to be politics and ego yeah. stuff. It's almost like there are two sets of negotiations that happen here, when the casting director and the producers and stuff, and then they get together with the actor's agents, because 
One for the billing and one for the rolling credit, these differences. Yeah. How about you just harmonize that stuff? Well, just put in alpha order or some kind of order. It's like, okay, he can go on the billing, but on the rolling credits and the credit crawl, we got to put him down on the list because we've already promised this slot to David Bailey, for instance, yeah. or something. It's it, weird. It, yeah, it is strange. I mean, for crying out loud, the butler, the butler in Governor Swan's mansion, who essentially just had a walk-on roll, was above a young Elizabeth Swan. Yeah. And even Jacoby, not to mention a slew of other characters. Walk-on butler? Yeah. The butler who gets... Maybe the butler who gets shot in the face when he opens the door because he's a moron? That alone should send him to the end of the credits. Exactly. There's a war going on outside. Somebody knocks on the door. You don't go, good evening, sirs, and let people in. (laughs) Come on in. You just keep that door shut, man. Bar the door. But no, he didn't. And maybe they felt bad. And so like, oh, we got to lift him up on the credit there. We did have to put blood splatter on his face. (laughs) And he had to fall backwards. Maybe that padding when he fell backwards wasn't really soft enough. And so he was complaining. They're like, oh, we'll lift you up in the credits. Yeah. Then, of course, my favorite character description comes back into play here. Because we're not talking about pirate names yet. When we get to actual pirate names and we can kind of review some of that. But it is the classic seedy-looking prisoner. (laughs) Now, we talked about this before. And I really liked it. And obviously, he's much more refined than the lowly seedy prisoner 2, 3, and 4. Which do come in sequence, so he is a bit better. And obviously, seedy-looking prisoner one just didn't suit it. And he's like, I got to have a better role than that. Seedy-looking prisoner? Yeah. And that's probably the same bit that I was talking about at the time. Yeah. What do you mean, yeah? Yeah, it was. Don't be pointing that out. I pointed out. That's good enough. You don't need to agree with me on that kind of stuff. Other stuff, yes. But on stuff that I'm talking against myself, you got to say, no, you're fine. It was good. But I had to bring it up again just... Because I really like seedy looking. It's been prisoner. a long time. It has been a long time. Man, those are the days too. I listened to like our first pilot episode the other day. Ah! I almost keeled over. <laughs> Girl, that was scary. <laughs> I did. I was like, man, this is some scary we should, stuff. We should probably redo that one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, season two is going to be delayed because we got to go through all the beginning <laughs> episodes and redo those again. I send you to the deep. Thanks for sticking with us, people. You yeah. guys deserve a special prize. You're like out there going. This has got to get better. If this doesn't get better by episode 90, I'm out of here. But thanks for sticking around because, man, that was a little brutal. They were pretty rough on the beginning. And I'm saying that we're not differentiating because I don't want to shine one light on one person more than the other. Sounds like you're going to. No, I'm just saying I wasn't going to do that. There, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I was expecting apology accepted, so I'm a little tickled that I didn't get one. But the big injustice that I see here is Marty. Martin Clubba, who appears last on the rolling credits, the credit crawl. Yeah, I don't, last, I don't get it. Yes, last, even behind the freaking, yes, and I hate to drop another freaking, crying boy. Did you just hear me? Crying boy. Yeah, what, what, the cliche boy crying in the street with explosions all around him. That's his part, or I should say that's their part because there were two of them. The itty bitty scene gets a leg up on Marty. How dare they? Were the credits going by height? Ah! Oh, now Martin is never going to come on our show. Oh, maybe he embraces his little person-ness. Yeah, but that was a that. little crying boy. There's no way. You should take that back. I take it back. Mar- Immediately. Marty, Marty says apology accepted. Hopefully. Hey, sorry about He's that. He's awesome in the movie. I know. I didn't say that. I even told him that I, I thought like it was awesome. I like when he's hanging he, from the ropes. He, he gave me a thumbs up for that. So that was my brief interaction with... Marty from the movie. But yeah, 
the crying boy who has no lines. He actually stands there in the street, cries because there's explosions. And he gets a leg up on Marty in the credits? I don't, yeah. That's flat out ridiculous. It is. Crying boy? He doesn't even have a name. He should be up on the list more. God dang it. Now I'm all bothered by this. I'm going to go to bat for Marty. You do that. He'll probably it's my appreciate new, it. It's my new uh, goal in life now is to make sure Marty, make sure that they go and recall all the Curse of the Black Pearl DVDs and Blu-rays and VHS tapes and redo those. VHS tapes. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. Does anybody even have a VHS player anymore? Yeah, people, a lot of people still do. Really? Yeah. We don't, but a lot of people still do because they don't want to get rid of their old movies. Well, I was doing a little post-credit research, looking for stuff to chat about. I began pursuing a boatload of reviews from 2003 when The Curse of the Black Pearl actually debuted. And it holds a very respectable 79% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, their critic score, and an 86% Flickster user score. Flickster being... The mere audience and normal people, not these highfalutin critics out there. The best part is the reviews. And most of them were, of course, very positive, as you might deduce from the high ratings that are on Fresh Tomatoes. Fresh Tomatoes. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Fresh Tomatoes. Certified Fresh. Fresh Tomatoes sounds much better than Rotten fresh Tomatoes. Fresh Tomatoes is a whole different ballgame. I don't game. understand the whole Rotten Tomatoes. Fresh Tomatoes was their original name, and it was just bombing. And so then they changed it to Rotten Tomatoes, and everybody's like, oh, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes sounds like it was bad. That's because that is. You rotten used to throw tomatoes Rotten is... Tomatoes at bad stuff, you know, the okay, people in the fruit. Okay, but you say it's not bad when they have Rotten Tomatoes. That's the website. That's the place that runs it. If it's certified fresh... At 79%, say, then it's good. If it's a splatter because the tomato hits and splatters on you, then it's bad. Okay. There you go. Thank you. At least according to the critics. I can't believe I got to explain everything to you. It's like a full-time job just for me to keep you up on, well, able to integrate into regular society. Really? Yeah. Otherwise, you're just walking around like some crazy person and I got to rein you in. Well, that's because you leave me behind. Well, <laughs> that's take true. off driving. And do you blame me now? Everybody's yeah. out there like, I just keep going. <laughs> I say, you know, I got a soft spot for, for those in need. It's like a lost duck, like we were talking about. <laughs> got to pick her up and feed her. Otherwise, she'd just keel away out there. If we can get back to where I was going with the reviews from 2003, after Heather just kind of sidelined us here, I might be so inclined to say that those critics offering up negative reviews at the time were just trying to be different, go against the crowd. You know, there's people like that out there. No. They just got to do it to, to stir things up. In fact, I'm not even actually sure some of these critics even watched the same movie that I did. That's because their remarks are so far off that I just don't even know where they're coming from. How much rum were they drinking? And that's why I thought we could actually continue on with our list theme that we've been doing this week. Okay. I think we've done it the I past like three the episodes or yeah. so. And maybe we can even manage to challenge ourselves to come up with a new list for each episode next week that's a lot of lists so i don't know if we can do that that might really be too tall of an order but maybe we'll see what happens as for now i think we should really hit those laughable negative reviews in our top 10 completely off the mark negative reviews of curse of the black pearl you ready for this you have music for that i don't have music for oh, it oh you're gonna sing us a jig i'm not singing a jig or anything like that it's dance a jig anyways how do you sing a jig <laughs> i don't know number 10 were it not for Johnny Depp's crassly reassured character creation of scoundrel pirate Captain Jack Sparrow, there would be nothing to relish in this overlong and witless waste of celluloid based on a Disneyland ride. What the heck? All I had to say to Cole Smithy? Wow! He was obviously wrong just before going to see the movie. Someone either cut him off in traffic, he dropped his popcorn, 
The person gave him the wrong change back after he bought his ticket. I mean, something's maybe, up here. Maybe the person sitting in front of him had a really tall hat. I guess. A pirate hat. Yes. But there's nothing to relish? Cole, come on. Not even the groundbreaking visual effects? Yeah. Really? Open your eyes, sir. I tell you, he w- couldn't see. Seriously, he said nothing to relish, and that's not even these groundbreaking special effects. That enough should just dazzle you. Yeah. Number nine. Oops, there I go again talking about Johnny Depp. Get used to that. He's all you'll remember from the movie. Well, Joe Lozito, I have one word for you. Barbosa. Yeah, Barbosa. all the cursed pirates. Hey, apparently you're just going to remember Johnny Depp from that. Will and Elizabeth? Oh, Joe. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's so much to this movie. Just trying what to be... What about Gibbs? Well, he's just trying to be different out and, there. And Marty! We got that, but he's just got to be different. He's he's that one that only goes against the crowd to get attention. Yeah. To him, any attention, even negative, is good attention. Yeah. Something's wrong with that guy. Number eight, it epitomizes exactly the sort of empty professionalism that Spielberg gets wrongly accused of. Hey, Mark, you need to listen to our show as we highlight the incredible professionalism of this movie. Yeah. That resuscitated the pirate genre for crying out loud. Exactly. Mark, come on. These people don't know what they're talking about. I told you that the negative reviews were few and far between compared to the positives because it did have a like almost 80% fresh rating. But still, these are... Crazy time here. They're crazy themselves. Yo ho ho hum. The ride was better and shorter. Well, he's wrong, but I have to give him creative points for yo ho ho hum. (laughs) What can I say about that? I like that. I don't like the review. I give him that high five for the cool title. Number six, buries its treasures. Mainly Johnny Depp in eyeshadow and dreads as Captain Jack Sparrow in briny cliches. Oh, Peter Travers at Rolling Stone. Come on. (laughs) You'll be eating those pop culture words when the world goes down loving Jack Sparrow. If only you could see things with your 2017 eyes. <laughs> You'll be eating those words, sir. <laughs> Seriously, this yeah. guy didn't recognize a pop culture icon when one was being built right then. Oh, man. I mean, Captain Jack Sparrow alone has his own Facebook page with 20 million <laughs> likes on it. Who and followers. fans that? Somebody at Disney? Of course Disney does. Probably a team of people. This is number five, although aside from the sheer novelty of the pirates, the movie is mediocre. A movie that sparked a pop culture revolution? Mediocre? How dare you, Gene Lowerson? (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Seriously. What is going on here? I don't know how many times I'm going to say seriously, but I haven't dropped a freaking yet, so that's pretty good. You haven't? I haven't. Earlier, but not during the list. You got to keep up here, Sparky. Number four. That's from... Vacation, by the way. There you go. Well, that, man, you get a golf clap for that. (laughs) It's not so much the minor flaws as it is the fact that Pirates of the Caribbean just wasn't enough fun for me. Oh, yeah. Just wasn't enough fun for me. What kind of. Hey, I can only imagine what fun this guy needs to register on his fun meter. Huh. It's got to be something crazy because if Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl doesn't register on your fun meter, your fun meter's broken, sir. Yes. Number three. Isn't so much a pirate movie as it is the idea of a pirate movie. Well, it's the epitome of a romanticized version of a pirate movie, Stooge. You want real pirate movies? Jump to the future and watch Captain Phillips. Damn you. (laughs) And then tell me which one you like better. (laughs) Yeah. The idea of a pirate movie? What is this guy smoking? No clue. 
How much rum did this guy drink in the theater? Number two. This is where we start getting really crazy. Same old, same old. As what? Really, Boo Allen from the Denton Record Chronicle? Yeah, I'm calling you out. Same old, same old? I take it this is your first and only pirate movie and thus your comparison has no basis. Same old, honestly, I hate to say this again for the list, but open your eyes, open your eyes. Yeah. Same old, same old. Oh, because it's a pirate genre film? Then do you say that for all the movies? Westerns, romances, whatever? Same old. I mean, there's nothing same old about this. No. There's some romanticized versions, but all the key elements are completely different than anything you've ever seen. So you take that back. You take it back right now. (laughs) Boo, Alan. How dare you? And the number one negative review? It turns out to be slow and somewhat dull, as if trying to be something other than a good ride. What? You just got so clever there dropping a Pirates of the Caribbean ride reference. But I don't even know what to say about that review, Paul Burns. (laughs) Yeah. Slow and somewhat dull. Walk the plank. He's slow and somewhat dull. Skeleton pirates. Pirate battles. Really? Groundbreaking visual effects? Yeah. This guy needs to open his eyes. You must have a hat in front of him, too. But I couldn't end there. Okay. Not with the top 10, because I did have a couple of honorable mentions that didn't quite make the list, but they were right there. So maybe I should have just called this top 12 items. Yeah. Ah, dang it. I screwed that up. That's okay. I went with the 10 cliche, because there's a lot 10. of top 10 lists, but I should have just did 12. It's, it's okay to go these days with a couple of extras. I mean, we did, for crying out loud, have 39 thoughts. No, you had 40. 40, you but added I took the one last off. one. There is... And here we go with the honorable mention number one. There is much by way of noise, computer-generated action, big sets, and breezy laughs, and practically nothing to intrude on your thought processes afterward. So, he wanted a drama to make you think and reassess one's life? Wrong genre, buddy! Plus one minute at a time worth of thought processes on this show! Yeah. So yeah, there you go. The movie has a lot of undertones and revelations and meanings, things about life. And euphemisms. Oh, and the euphemisms. Thanks for bringing that up. Solid gold effort there. Thought processes. If you want some of that, then you're looking to the wrong genre. But there is, if you really look hard, obviously, you just can't handle it. (laughs) Honorable mention number two in her last one of the reviews. Frankly, I thought the film was boring. (laughs) Well, frankly, that review was boring. (laughs) And you, the fact that you only gave Master and Commander a three out of ten tells me all I need to know about you, sir. Oh, yep. The most overrated thing since the Macarena Christmas CD. Actually, I'd rather dance to the jolly tune of Macarena, the snowman, than watch this muddy misadventure of Master and Commander. What? What, you better draw your sword, you blooming cockroach, because I'm coming for you. (laughs) Master and Commander and Pirates of the Caribbean, you just hate High Seas Adventure. You hate swashbucklers. How dare you? Yeah, exactly. The film was boring. Like I said, frankly, your review is boring. Not even creative in the least. That tells me all I need to know about you. I think that takes us to really bad eggs. Really bad eggs. And I can try and settle down and simmer down from 14-year-old reviews. And <laughs> <laughs> got me all flustered. <laughs> and really bad eggs. That's our end of the week segment where we look back at the lines from the last five minutes and find out our favorite ones. It's like top picks, but for lines of the week. But next week it'll be interesting given that it's a full week of credits. And oh, what will we do? Strike your colors, you blooming cockroaches. Hands, grapnels at the ready. Prepare to board. It's time for Really Bad Eggs. But for now, at least we had a couple of minutes to find a line. And although it's definitely not dialogue heavy, there is some stuff there. Actually, it's quite a bit and there's some good stuff there. What we can do is pick our favorite line from the movie, maybe for credits week. 
we can maybe do that. Just our overall favorite line from the movie. What do you think about that? That sounds good. We could do that. And to the listening audience, feel free to send us your favorite line from Curse of the Black Pearl for next Friday's episode. We'll go ahead and include that. We already have a number of those coming in, so that should be good. I mentioned Caitlin earlier in the show who provided the key to our unanswered candle sconce question. Yeah. Question heard around the world. And she also submitted a couple of favorite lines covering the last couple of weeks that I wanted to share before we get started. Okay. And then she was also listening to the episode where we were thinking out loud on how to really do bad eggs during the credit week. And she suggested picking our favorite names from the credits. Oh, that's a good idea. And we already started to do that, actually. Yeah. There are some choice ones in there that might really fit the bill. So that might be fun. So in addition to our favorite line from the movie, I think I'll scan the names one more time and see one that strikes my fancy. Like so we Bob can... Bodambi? Yeah, but that's not it. I think I got to go with a different one that I have in mind. And I'm going to leave it at that for now. As for her lines from the past few weeks, her nominations are Jack Sparrow telling Will, nice hat. She says it acknowledges how awesome his hat is. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. But also because it symbolizes that Will has finally accepted his role as a pirate. And this was actually right on target with our analysis of that line when we did it. So obviously great minds are thinking alike here for sure. The line for this week that she submitted is really bad eggs. Not really bad eggs the segment, but really bad eggs the (laughs) line. I know it's confusing out there. I got it. And that... She said, pretty much stands alone without any need for explanation. Yep, I agree. So thanks, Caitlin, and look forward to hearing which name you choose as your favorite from the credits. We'll go ahead and include that. So what's your favorite line for the week, Heather? I thought you were going to ask me my favorite name. I don't know why. You don't even know your own name, so how are you going to pick out a different name? Really? Yeah, I had to go there. Drink up me hard as you hole. Is that because you like rum? Yeah. And you're hammered all the time? Yep. No, it's because at this point in time, you could see Jack is in his element. Jack has got found his freedom. He found his lady and or his treasure. And he's in his element and he's happy and he's doing what he likes to do. He's got his freedom. That makes sense. He also likes rum. So this is kind of like a toast, if you will, to himself getting the shit back. Yes. He toasts himself and he toasts the audience and the crew is exactly. essentially what he's doing. There you go. Yep. I always like to put my spin on things. I know. I think I might just shock you with my pick of the week. Really? Yeah, there are quite a few great choices, but I settled on an Elizabeth Swan romantic moment. Really? When she says, no, he's a pirate. Hmm. Something about that idea she got, what she was looking for moment. It's this, it's not about the kiss or the romance for me. It's about making your dreams come true. She had the adventure and now she found true love. And anyone out there, me included, can... Insert X, whatever it is, your variable there, in its place of achieving a specific goal. It's also a perfect honesty moment for her. This is basically the first time she was able to say who she really loved out loud. Not an upper class nobleman, dinner for one Norrington, not even a lowly blacksmith, but a pirate, yet a good man. She admits it to herself, and there's no need to slap Estrella for saying Will is also a fine match if she can be so bold. But to her father... Norrington and the world that she kind of proclaims her love for Will. She's yeah. coming out as, this is who I really am moment. She's on the top of the world at this moment. Yeah, exactly. And it just resonates with me, especially since I'm a dreamer. Yeah, I like to dream about things. Yeah. Have goals and yeah. all kinds of things. You do. Uh-huh. Gives me hope that one of my, let's just call them schemes, will work one of these days. <laughs> schemes is a good <laughs> yeah. word. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Seriously. Apology accepted. Oh, there was no apology. I said apology accepted. And that's all I got for minute 136. That's all I have I'm going to end on maybe I can have a pirate too. (laughs) My own version of a pirate. Okay. So do you have anything else? 
Nope, that's it for me. Well, that's a shocker. But we can refresh for the weekend and come back swinging with a full week of credits to tackle. And I just might have a bit of applicable pirate history to share as well. Oh, don't groan out there. I'll make it interesting. And perhaps getting back to where I really want to be may make things just a little bit bloody. Just maybe. Hey, it's history and it just may happen to be bloody is all I'm saying. But it's applicable to what we're doing here. Because there was a lot of credits rolling in the 18th century in the history of it. The history of credits from the 1700s. Okay. Other than that, let's get the hell out of here. Okay. Let's have a good weekend. Have a great we'll weekend. So, and on that note, we'll be back on Monday with Minute 137 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, everyone out there knows what to do. You keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Drink up, me hearties, yo-ho! Nice one. Heather! Heather! Pliny, she always disappears right after the show. Get me my grog, she says. Probably at the Faithful Bride Tavern. Again. Heather, are you in there? Bring me my grog, you scurvy barkeep. Mother's love, what are you doing in here? You always take off before telling everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. So get on with it, Savvy. I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. That means no. I know what it means. It means you're getting another rum, and I'm thanking the listeners. Thanks for listening, scallywags. You like the show? Give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might feature your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. Now get out of here, you filthy bilge rats. (laughs) 